Hey everybody. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to the Sex Talk. It's your host, Sunny, and we're back with another episode. As usual, I'm excited to get into this conversation. Um, that never changes because I love what we're doing here, okay? I hope you're having a great Sunday this Sunday, per usual. Sunday is my favorite day of the week, and it's always a time to relax, refocus, refresh all the reasons, all the reasons to um, show yourself some really great love and self-care and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so I love Sundays. I've been chilling, writing, and just thinking and just taking care of me, just doing my thing. This ain't nothing new. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that inspires you to take good care of yourself every day of the week. Hmm. Um, You know what I'm saying? Um, Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate everyone's continued support. This is season six and you know we're blazing. Thank you to everybody who's been giving amazing feedback to all the episodes and the seasons, the conversations. And to our newcomers, our new followers, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time tuning in to the Sex Talk, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to tune in today because there's billions of podcasts in this world and you chose this one. And I hope you have a good time here and I I hope you come back. You know what I'm saying? Because we are healing one conversation at a time. Um, and today's uh, topic is super cool, you know, like, well, here's what I'm gonna say. I love all the topics that we talk about. Not gonna lie, some of them are harder to talk about than others. Um, but I just, I think they're necessary, you know, and I'm sure that somebody right now is like grieving a relationship or grieving the loss of something, a person, place or thing, opportunity, uh, money, financial situation, housing, Okay, can we talk about it? Can we talk about inflation for a second? Can we talk about that? <laughs> a lot can be happening for people right now. Um, and, and a lot is happening for people all over the place, all over the world, all over the countries, con- continents, all over the world. City, states, counties, revenue, uh, addresses, all the things. So like I said, we're going to talk about grief. The topic today is grieving a relationship, but we're going to talk about grief because, you know, I like to break it. You know, I like to break it down. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, boom. Uh, Like I said, my name is Sunny. I'm 30. My pronouns are she, her. I am queer. I identify as queer. And my ethnicity is black, a.k.a. African-American, a.k.a. nigga. And my relationship to, to today's topic is... I have grieved friendships, relationships, situationships, um, loss, loss of people, places, and things. I have grieved so I can relate and I'm grieving. You know what I'm saying? I think that thinking being, being black folks, being a black person, (laughs) I don't know when I'll have to grieve again, right? Whether it be someone I know personally or someone who dies by police brutality or violence right so let's talk about it you know what i'm saying so grief is unfortunately pretty familiar you know so we're gonna get into it okay so um like i said welcome back uh 
before we get into the topic, I want to say if you want to support the sex talk, please feel free to do so by donating to us via Cash App or Venmo at TSTTV143 or LT Sunny, E L L T E E S U N N I E. I'll have to double check. I think that both of those exist. But either way, if you want to give a monetary gift and you can't find either of those tags, DM me on Instagram or email us at thesextalktv at gmail.com. And you can also um, support us by sharing our social media, sharing the podcast, sharing our content, and continuing the conversation wherever you are. And shout out to the people in different countries who are listening in. I see you. I see you. Hold on. Hold on one second. We we about to take a little detour real quick. Not even a detour. I'm going to pause and I'm going to get real specific um, and say thank you to some of y'all from the different countries. Oh, look at that. It just popped right up in the analytics. Okay. So I want to I wanna shout y'all out because I see y'all and I, I pay attention to who's streaming and where. Okay. Quick shout out to Ireland, quick shout out to Australia, United Kingdom, Canada, South Africa, India, Iran, Germany. Thank you so much. And everybody in the United States, thank you so much for streaming as much as you do. I see it every every time an episode drops. I look at the analytics and I'm like, yo, yo, y'all really tuning in with the kid. So thank you. Thank you. And continue to share. Okay. Um, yes. So please consider uh, supporting every dollar, every dime uh, goes right back into the sex talk and it's invested in uh, the prosperity and the trajectory of this podcast and the way that we approach sex education and self-help and relationship awareness and all that good stuff and having a better relationship with ourselves, our bodies and our sexual experiences. You feel me? Okay. Um, yeah. So let's get into it. So today we're talking about grieving a relationship. Um, I don't think that this, you know, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm in, I'm in a, I know that grief is, it comes in waves. You never know when it's coming. And you know, you just never know. So with that being said, based off the notes that I've gathered for this conversation, it doesn't seem, you know, we like to get really practical. So I don't, I don't foresee any potential deep triggers um, based, based on the notes. However, I'm speaking from my own lens and the topics, the topic in itself and the examples that I'm going to talk about, I'm in a, I'm in a different place with them. So like I said before, don't feel the need. If you feel like you're getting a little overwhelmed from listening to this information, don't push yourself through listening to it all in one sitting this this podcast ain't going nowhere it's gonna be right here um so feel free to take a break or or you could pop this on into your speaker and cook while you listen or clean up or you know journal i don't know about y'all but i journal sometimes while i listen to music or listen to podcasts that could be distracting to certain people but it you know I'm different. Sometimes I listen to music and watch TV at the same time. Um, And sometimes I wonder if there's something wrong with me. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I'm human and I am who I am. And if I want to listen to music and watch TV at the same time, I'm going to do it. Period. Okay. 
So do what you got to do to take good care of yourself, get comfortable. Um, and even if you're, uh, you know, um, driving, cruising, you know, um, you know, cruising, take a different route home. You know what I'm saying? While you listen, take the long way home today. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so let's get into it. So let's define grief. So the definition of grief is deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death um, and trouble or annoyance. Okay. Grief is the response to loss, particularly the loss of someone or some living thing that has died to which a bond or affection was formed. Although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, grief also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and (laughs) philosophical dimension. Okay, Um, what do you think about that? Uh, Grief, I've gotten more familiar with grief, like many things that I've gotten familiar with in the last five years. Um, You know, actually, uh, five to seven years. I want to say about six or seven years ago. I talk about I talk about this friendship that I was in for a very long time. There's two there's two friendships that I was in for a very long time. And both those people are living. However, when I decided to leave those friendships, one friendship in particular that I was extremely codependent, it was a very codependent friendship. We trauma bonded a lot and we had we lacked tons of boundaries in that friendship. I definitely went through some um, uh, philosophical, spiritual, physical um, and social um, grieving experiences you know I reached a point where I was like having a very visceral physical response from separating from that person um never made me want to go back because it was just like I outgrew the situation and just the thought of going back was just so painful you know so I was in this really icky gross spot within myself where I had to develop some time and give myself some time and energy to develop and do something you know better for myself and find new friends and find my find myself find myself and find new friends okay so let's talk about the stages of grief so people we talk about how like there's about five to seven stages of grief um you never know which one you're going to enter or you know it's not linear you can be up and down um it can it can go a lot of different ways i like to say like in in most things i like to say like education is elevation like a consciously says um knowledge is power you know what i'm saying so if you know the different stages you and you if you get to a point where you know the different stages before you deal with a, a specific grieving process or while you're in that grieving process, if you can accept the information that you're given, I think that it's better to know like, hey, I'm dealing with guilt right now. Hey, I'm dealing with uh, shock right now, disbelief, you know? That's my experience. Um, and I would, you know, I wonder what other people think about that and how, how you deal with grief. Is this your first time hearing a... Um, more practical conversation about grief in relationship to sex and relationships and stuff like that um let me know what you think um when I was there's a lot of things that I had uh you know back in like 20 about five years five to seven years ago in the in the last five to seven years I've developed a relationship with grief and um 
I realized that I've, I've, I've grieved multiple things in at the same time and was di- in different places with those grieving processes at, at the same time, right? So I'm just one person, but I'm grieving multiple things and multiple changes, and I'm in different spaces and stages of grief while I'm grieving these different things that are not related. The only relation that they had to each other is me. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that makes sense. That's my experience. What do you think about that? How do you feel about that? Are, are you familiar with the stages of grief? Grief. I was about to say Greece. <laughs> stages of grief. Okay. So the stages of grief include, but not are limited to, right? Shock or disbelief, denial, bargaining, guilt, anger, depression, acceptance, slash hope. What do you think about that? Okay. So grief from loss. So uh, the definition um, the Google definition or the Webster, you know, I don't know which one is which or whatever, but I, I Googled the definition of grief and it, it obviously talked more about um, the death, right? It talked about losing someone who has died. Um, however, I do want to hold a lot of space too for all things to be true. And the fact that you can grieve living people, living things, like things that are still present in the world, you, you lost them or you walked away from them, i.e. relationships, situationships, money, opportunities, jobs, friends, family, family, parents, okay, housing, okay. I just want to talk about that. I want to make it I want to make it real practical and real real obvious to us that we we lose things constantly and things change a lot and we grieve a lot. And sometimes, you know, we we feel like we are not mentally stable or mentally we're mentally unwell, we're just not happy when really we we don't have the verbiage, we don't have the language to attach to these situations. Maybe they're minimized in our mind or the people around us minimize these things and they're so desensitized to these things that they don't really think about the fact that you losing your inter like say say someone lost their housing but they went to live with their family um and they're not really given that transition enough attention because it's like well you had you you went to go live with your family like you're not homeless it's like no like I was living a specific way and because of whatever's going on in my life or in society that has that's a drastic change that is that is you know that is a grandiose change in my life to live especially if you don't have the best relationship with your family or just going back to live back at home or whatever the psychological stress and change, you know, you ch- you got to change your commute. You got to change the amount of space that you can take up. You got to throw some things away. There's a lot that comes with that, you know, the way your social life is going to change. You know, maybe you used to kick it a lot at your house with your friends. Now you don't really want to bring your friends to your living space now because maybe you can't or maybe you're not interested in that. Or you got to change how you, you know what I'm saying? Like everything is being disrupted by the loss of something or transition or change. So I just want to acknowledge that grief is not just about death. It's, it, it, it's, it, loss doesn't mean that thing died or was terminated completely, right? So I just want to broaden the spectrum. Okay, of what loss can look like. Okay, um, also, also divorce, right? Divorce. I want to throw that out there too. There's people out there 
Uh, I don't know what's going on in the cosmos, but there's a few different celebrities that have got divorces and the public eye and stuff like that in the last week or so. Uh, last two, oh, like two, three weeks or whatever. Um, and, <laughs> you know, that's a big deal. You know, like when you when you spend when you spend a long time with somebody and you have such a such a quote unquote serious, uh, you know, and I say quote unquote, depending on how people view marriage. But you have such a serious commitment, a vow that you took in, in the community, people who know that you're married to this person and marriage is. It, marriage is marketed as something lifelong. It's a lifelong partnership, you know, and people are supposed to be together forever is what we're told all our lives. It's like you you live happily ever after, after you get married and, and then you divorce. Someone files for divorce. That is a traumatic change. That's a drastic change. And a lot is going to change from that, okay? So that's a loss, okay? Whether it's Whether it's something that you wanted to do or the other person wanted to do, you're losing something. A lot is changing in there. So I just, yeah, like I said, I want to continue to broaden the spectrum, make it more practical, make it more obvious, ideal. I want to put the language to the feel, the feels, right? Okay. So, um, boom. So grief from loss can include, but are not limited to, limited to loss of companionship and shared experiences, which may or may not have been consistently pleasurable. Loss of support, be it financial, intellectual, social, or emotional. I can definitely relate to that, okay? Or losses of hopes, plans, dreams, which can be even more painful than practical losses. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Okay, so when we talk about loss from... Uh, financial loss, intellectual, social, emotional. I, um, I, no, no, no. Loss of support, be it financial, intellectual, social, emotional. I want to talk a little bit about intellectual, losing intellectual support. Um, a lot of the, some of the people from my recent past, I've connected with them on such a deep level because we had intellectual similarities. And, um, and, you know, like being that I like to, you know, have conversation and I like to connect mentally with people and see, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just something that just makes me excited, just connecting mentally with folks and having deep conversations about things or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, whether it be, you know, whatever it is, insert whatever, whatever you gather from these conversations that we have here at the sex talk. Um, that's definitely one that I've needed to embrace more, you know, especially like if I had intellectual connection with someone and I feel like we could talk about anything, anytime. And I lost that person, you know, sometimes I felt sometimes I've been a little hard on myself because I'm like, why is this so hard for me to just let go? Like they, like you, we just went our separate ways, but it's okay. Like, well, you know, like what's so hard about this? Like, why can't I stop thinking about it? Right. And that's why it's so important to put language to these things because I'm, I, I gained that intimacy with them via intellectual support. It wasn't physical. It wasn't emotional, but mentally I felt seen and heard and connected with this person. And maybe it was something else in our lives that, where we had to part ways and we just drifted apart. It still hurts. It's still, I'm, st- you know, I still am going to be impacted by the intellectual connection that we had in losing that. And especially if it was something that was so consistent to me, right? 
So I just want to insert that into the conversation. So we so in in relationships, which is what we're talking about today is like, as you know, like I said, it's, it includes but not limited to in relationships, we develop pleasure, we develop companionship, we develop support, finance, we exchange finances, depending on where you are in your relationship. Um, we do think socially, emotionally, physically, we have hopes, we have dreams, we have plans. If it got that to that point in the relationship where you're spending, let me, let me say this. If you spend time with someone consistently and you keep spending isolated time with them and you spend intimate time with them and talk to them, ask them questions, close proximity, physical space, let alone have sex with them. You are building a bond and you're building a connection. And when that when that bond is broken or ended or it drifts apart, it will bring grief, loss, pain, right? So it's important to identify these things, put words to them so that we can um, heal properly through active grieving. And this is why I'm so, so, so big on um, coping skills, journaling, having seeking professional help, um, talking to safe people to have a conversation. That's why I say here at the Sex Talk, we heal one conversation at a time because sometimes there's nothing that we can do about certain situations, like physically. Sometimes we physically can't do anything about a situation. Sometimes all we can do is talk about it. And so I'm very, I'm very... Uh, I'm very uh, much an advocate for verbally expressing yourself, whether it be to yourself, to a, to a notebook, to a professional, to your higher power. Get that shit out. Get it off your chest. Talk about it. Identify it. Regurgitate it over and over and over and over and over and over so you find peace. Keep going. Okay? What do you think about that? Okay? Boom. So... Let's get into why it is important to actively grieve. <laughs> Grieving such losses is important because it allows us to free up energy that is bound to the lost person, object, or experience so that we might reinvest that energy elsewhere. Until we grieve effectively, we are likely to find reinvesting difficult a part of us remains tied to the past. Grieving is not forgetting. Okay? So, I think that... Here's my two cents about this situation. This this grieving a relationship or grieving situations or grieving the loss of insert whatever. When you don't actively grieve, you're not actively healing. And when you're not healing, you're still there, right? So, have you ever... Have you ever, like listen to somebody have a conversation right and they they might talk about a situation something happened in 2007 and they still act and talk like that thing excuse me is happening or just happened right it's because they haven't, they haven't in within them, within the, like, less, that's why I like that it says freeing up energy so that you can reinvest it into a different situation. Say this situation took place in 2007. I'm still, that part within me, when, when that, when that shit comes up, I'm going back to 2007. 
I'm triggered to 2007. So my heart is in 2007 because that's the last time that I've experienced that person, place or thing, object or experience. And so I haven't freed up my energy so that I can heal and then reinvest into the present. And so when you think about it, the next point is I think that when we don't grieve, it can show up in our relationship as comparison, triggers pat, uh, from past relationships, inability to connect or be intimate, and it robs us from being present and have authentic experiences with others. I feel like, um, I feel like, and I've experienced this. I've, I've been, I've been like the, what's the word? I've been the perpetrator and I've been the recipient of some being involved with people who haven't grieved their past and it could be work trauma too like I've had so many co-workers who bring their work trauma into the different workspace that I'm in it's like wait we not we not that company we not we not that organization you gotta heal your work trauma your workforce trauma that shit is real and so if you over here you talk about your old job so much and your old supervisor maybe you need to go and talk to somebody about that or go talk to them about it get your closure so you can move on and forgive yourself for whatever you did and didn't consent to that happened to you whatever impacted you you got to move through that shit you know what i'm saying so we are we are very intricate layered and complicated human beings in in the most respectful way you know like i i mean i love us right so it's important to actively grieve actively move through our junk actively move through our situations um i had a situation that i was involved in where i i told the person i'm like you know, like, I'm okay with you talking about your um, past partner, you know, if you feel like it's appropriate to bring it up. But I kind of feel like they're here with us. I feel like they're doing this with us, like, right now, you know? And I ain't even met this person, you know? And so, you know, we had some hard conversations about it. And it was getting exhausted because I'm like, you can't even see me because you're still so stuck in your past. And on top of that, it was like, it wasn't even that type of situation that... that you know, it was like that person really needed to seek some help and gra- uh, grasp onto some closure and forgive themselves for what they allowed and engaged in in that previous relationship because um, they're like what what I was requesting and not requesting. Like it was like it was coming up anyway. So I feel like in that type of situation, you know, I want to I want to offer grace. I can offer grace for that situation because it was like. You clearly need somebody to talk to. And, you know, whatever energy that you get from me, you feel safe enough to bring that up. And also that what but but you bringing that up is not conducive with what it is that you like you want to take these this emotional experience to the next level. And that's one of my non-negotiables. Like I can't go there with you. It's not even that I, I won't I won't. There's no space for me there. Right. There's not enough space for me to walk into the room because you're still in your past relationship. You didn't, it didn't end right in your mind, in your heart. You're still there a year or two ago, however far along it was or whatever. And you know what I'm saying? So, um, I had, I had some real conversations with that person about that situations like that. However, I had to get to a place in my life to really realize like, and we're going to get into it. We're going to get into grief timelines because I'm like, you know, when I when I even met that person, I was like, I just don't think you that was enough time for you because um, in hindsight, what I learned about that person, they were uh, they, I, you know, in the beginning, I didn't ask I didn't ask certain questions because that wasn't my 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's not what I was looking for. You know, it's kind of like we just transitioned into like, oh, dang, we got some feelings here. Right. Which is like, you know, it happens, you know, but if I would, if that was the case in the first place, I would have, um, in hindsight, I would have asked more questions about the timeline and been more focused on it and trying to figure out, uh, trying to figure out, um, you know, how long it had been since they had, uh, been in an emotional, sexual or intimate relationship with their past partners. Um, which y'all know me, I love asking questions, but so to move into the next point is how long does it take to grieve? Um, so when I looked it up, it says it might take a few weeks to get over a breakup or a full year or two, right? People recover from grief at different places and paces for one, right? So you might also need more time to recover from certain relationships, particularly those that lasted longer or felt more meaningful to you. You may also carry some memory of your loss. You may, you might always carry a memory of your loss. And so, um, there was a conversation I had with this person that was basically saying like, if I had known that it wasn't that long for you to have experienced these past two or three experiences that you've had with people from your past, I wouldn't have allowed us to get here. For me, it was not, I was not comfortable. But like I said, we kind of just transitioned into developing feelings for each other because we spent consistent, intimate time with each other. So it just, it kind of just happened, which I, you know, I am a believer in certain things like that. And so now I'm a, I'm a little more cautious in the activities that I do with people, uh, the level of intimacy I share, and um, and where, location, and the number of people I'm around to make sure, like, if I'm not trying to engage in an intimate uh, relationship with someone, I'm going to do my best to take as much intimacy, sensual, sexual, or emotional intimacy out of it as I possibly can. And so in these in these previous uh, experiences that I've had with people that I've uh, developed an attraction to, I realized that it was high. It was a it was a high level of intimacy in the environment that we were in. Excuse me. And there was a situation where I was in an intimate environment with someone who was attracted to me, but it wasn't mutual. And because of the level of our alone time that sent a certain message to their themselves that just their emotions were developing over time. Um, because I like to, I value intimacy and I've talked about it in our non-sexual intimacy conversation. And, um, there was a situation where I, it just, I was, it went right over my head. Like I was so blind to it because I like to be, I like to have one-on-one situations with people. Like I want, I like to you know, be focused, be present, spend intimate time with my people, non-sexual intimate time with my people. But I learned a valuable lesson about intimacy and location. (laughs) Okay. So with that being said, I like that it says that sometimes breakups can take a full year or two to um, grieve, right? So depending on your experiences in that relationship and the relationship that you have with yourself, that could take a while, right? And so, for example, the the for to go back to the example I was giving you all, I can't remember the dates and times, 
But the last person I was romantically involved with, I want to say um, they were in a relationship, a long-term relationship a year prior to meeting me. and But within that year, they had dated someone else for six months. And then I came around, I want to say six months after that six-month relationship. And so that's what I was like, that's not enough time for you. You know, and I'm like, it makes sense why I, there's no space for me in the room that you are trying to invite me in because you haven't you haven't cleaned your room up. You know what I'm saying? Like you haven't uh, freed up your energy. You don't have enough energy to reinvest. You're exhausted, right? Because you're not grieving, you know. And so I'm far removed from this situation now and I can see even clearer and I've learned a lot in this last year. And it's it's been like a, maybe a little over a year since I ended that um, situation, you know, like, uh, but I've done a lot of active grieving because so, for example, when it could take up. So, for example, it could take up a full year or two to grieve a, a long term relationship. Right. I believe if you're actively grieving and and the end goal is to move on and you're not in contact or in proximity with that person and you're doing your healing work. And also it could take a little longer to forgive yourself. I talk about forgiving yourself a lot because boundaries are so important, right? And so in certain situations when you're like, in certain situations uh, when you're like, uh, I, I know that uh for for me for example i'm just gonna speak from my own experience there's been times in in certain situations where i didn't i didn't i didn't establish a boundary because i didn't have one and it was my first time experiencing a certain situation so i'm just like going through the motions but then i get to a point where i'm like wait i don't really like this so i have to i have to decide on how I'm going to operate or if I'm going to continue to allow this behavior or insert whatever it is that I don't like or I feel is inappropriate, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's why I feel like having hard conversations. I'm an advocate of having hard conversations and conflict resolution because sometimes you don't know what you don't know until it happens. And so if relationships can survive hard conversations and reevaluating the relationships, then it's worth reinvesting your time and energy to reevaluate and continue to move forward. In this instance where it took me, um, I, I would say the last situation I was involved in, uh, the hardest part was forgiving myself, right? The hardest part was forgiving myself for um, allowing myself to be in an environment where I was worn down. And I went against my own, like, I was just like, fuck it. Like, let, you know, like, let's just go with the flow. I had other shit that I was going through and grieving and, and dealing with holistically. So I feel like everything was just, decon- it was just, it was like d- demolition, right? Everything was just caving in. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I don't even, I don't even have the energy to care for this right now. So I just let a lot of shit slide. However, subconsciously I always knew like I'm going to have to pay for this I'm going to have to I don't know when but I'm gonna have to pick up these pieces you know I don't got the energy and I was dealing with a lot of depression like you know working through my depression I I had to accept my depression first before I could work through it and the acceptance process took some months right and so it was just it was just a it was it was horrible timing you know what I'm saying? But I'm in a way, way healthier space now to give myself in that situation more grace. 
However, ever since I was able to pick up and stand up and then begin to clean up and then reevaluate and, you know, um, work through these things uh, with my therapist, then I can, you know, then I was working on actively grieving. However, there had to be a point where I was like, I'm I've fallen. I've fallen as far as I can. Like I've hit the ground, like I've hit rock bottom. You know, and I think that within the grieving process, because depression comes with the depression comes with the grieving process as well, too. Right. Uh, Because, you know, you're that's a part of this. Those are the stages of grief. And I feel like for me, hitting rock bottom was my point of acceptance. Like some people hit rock bottom and they stay there. And then some people hit rock bottom and then they accept and then they pick their self back up and they, you know, work work through that and they can find hope thank god that i'm such a believer in the ecosystem and building community because i don't even have i don't even have people around me that would let me hit rock bottom and stay down it wouldn't be they would know that it's not in my character and they would pick me up you know it was just a matter of it was only a matter of time before i got found out you know like i could have avoided i could have stayed in my house and not picked up the phone and da 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 but I know that my ecosystem and my community, they value, they love me so much and they value me so much that somebody would have been knocking on my door. (laughs) Like, where the hell are you? What's going on? What's up? You know, I ain't been seeing your TikToks. You ain't been posting on social media. You ain't showed up to the sessions. You ain't been in the studio. You ain't been performing. Like you ain't called me. You ain't called me back. You know, like people, this ain't like you, you know? So shit like that. So I want to give a, myself a pat on the back and I want to, I want to, uh, you know, give a shout out to the folks out there who is allowing themselves. Maybe you hit rock bottom or you're about to hit rock bottom or you're getting out of your rock bottom. I just want to give you a shout out and let you know, like you got this and there's a way out and there's a way, you know what I'm saying? Like life is about being able to adapt to our transformations like we transform and we change like there's there's no like 20 year old sunny would be so proud of 30 year old sunny there's no way that 30 year old sunny could fit back into anything that 20 year old sunny had going on or what she was doing or any of those relationships that she had going on and be comfortable and be okay right (laughs) so we're always growing and changing maturing um exploring experiencing and so give yourself that grace to do that and be okay with uh turning the page and starting a new chapter i don't like it i don't i personally don't like saying i'm starting a new life this is a whole new you know i'm starting a new life no you don't like this is just your life turn the page it's like this is still your book you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a whole new chapter. It's a whole new season. You know, like, it's not it's not a whole new world. You know, it's still your world. Right. <laughs> so um, and so for the people who have never heard of like this conversation about rock bottom and, you know, trying to this is why I like to have the conversations. I, putting the, putting words to the feelings and you could I, you could use different words you could use different ideas and identities and ways to identify it excuse me however there are similarities and I hope that this is encouraging you to help identify some things within you to figure out 
where you are in your process of grieving. What are you grieving? Who are you grieving? Maybe you feel so uncomfortable. Maybe you feel uncomfortable in your friendships, in your relationships, in your family, um, at your job or, you know, the activities that you used to do. Maybe you just feel so disconnected. It's probably because you you grew out of it. And you grieve it in a little bit. And you're like, damn, like, without these people, places, and things, who am I? You're a whole new version of yourself. And don't be afraid of that. Love yourself enough to explore this new journey that you're about to embark on. Whether that means leaving friendships, relationships, situations, jobs, housing, financial situation, whatever it is. Clothes. I'm, I'm a firm believer in the swap, like... You know, like I love swapping clothes, buying new clothes, trying rebranding yourself. You know what I'm saying? Come on with it. <laughs> what do you think about that? Okay, so let's get into um, how long does it how uh, uh, how to effectively grieve. So I just want to put it out there that grieving is tough and their support these things are not easy like i always say it's work but it's worth it okay don't don't cheat yourself you will be better you will do better you will feel better it's work but it's so worth it i promise i'm living proof okay so how to effectively grieve don't fight your feelings talk about how you're feeling Remember that moving on is the end goal. I don't get I don't care if you have to create a grieving vision board. Do what you got to do, boo thing. Remind yourself that you are you still have a future, okay? Every day you wake up is a new opportunity to chase your dreams and heal and do do what you need to do. Know the difference between a normal reaction to a breakup and depression. Okay? There's a difference between a normal reaction to breaking up and depression. Okay. Me and my, me and my therapist actually recently talked about that because I was like, um, I want to say it was a few months ago. And I was like, I, I'm in a whole, like this time last year, I was in a, in a real fucked up place. And I'm so glad that I've, I uh, spent every day that I could working on myself because I knew it would pay off. I just didn't know when. But I'm at a place where I'm managing my depression way better, way better in this new season, right? Way better. I feel so good most days, majority of my days, right? So I was talking to my therapist a few weeks ago and I was like, you know, this happened, this happened. And it just, I'm just nervous because I feel like I'm, am I getting depressed again? I was just going off. And then she was like, are you, de- are you depressed or are you just having a moment? And then I, I, I de-escalated. I was like, I just had a moment. I just had a moment. I just had a normal reaction. And big feelings, it, processing my big feelings is what helped me to manage my depression and get into my body and get real and embracing these feelings. And sometimes there was times where I have so many big feelings in one day that it was like, I need to take a nap because it's so, oh my God, this is so big. It's like a roller coaster. And um, and lately I've been driving for DoorDash and I just really appreciate <laughs> those long drives because I can coast through the city, look at the beautiful, uh, the beautiful trees and the, the, the seasons changing. Fall is my favorite season, but I'm, I, I have enough, I have enough experience and I have enough like 
education within myself to know that this these feelings will pass. And so when I'm having big feelings on my drives, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm going to allow this feeling to be here and I'm going to let it pass. And there's a lot of big feelings that I've had and I've experienced. And that's why I say I manage depression. I, I, genuine, I genuinely don't believe that depression goes 100% away. I believe that we manage it, especially if you live in the Midwest and you deal with the winter. Okay, seasonal depression. The seasons are going to change, okay? All we can do is embrace them, you know? And um, something, something psychologically happens to us when we see plants die, okay? Colors change, People aren't going outside. It's not hot no more. This is real stuff. We're grieving. We're grieving the summer. We're grieving the winter being here. Some people grieve the winter and they're like, fuck, the summer's here. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> So know the difference between a, na- na- a normal reaction to breaking up and depression or notice the difference between a normal reaction to anything and depression. And then also, too, I want to add that this is where your ecosystem comes in, right? Because if you got people around you that make your feelings like a big deal in a negative way, those aren't your fucking friends. Those aren't your people. Please get away from them. I was definitely that person, especially in my 20s, like growing up in my whole life. You know, people would constantly make fun of me because, oh, Sonny's always crying. Sonny's always wanting to talk. Sonny's always expressing her feelings. Why are you always talking about your feelings? Why are you always so happy? Why this? Why that? You know, I, I, I couldn't win for losing. I couldn't. You always so mad. You always so happy. You're so weird. Da-da-da. It's like, hey, just let me rock. Like, let me be, you know, but guess what? Guess what? Who's in my ecosystem? People who get angry, people who are weird, people who are always happy, people who are always smiling, expressing their feelings, people who like to talk. That's the only type of niggas I keep around me, okay? <laughs> so good riddance to my niggas in the past. Y'all served y'all purpose. Do your thing. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, don't don't have people around you who vilify your feelings because they can't express theirs the i think like one of the one uh, one key to success is managing your emotions mastering them and having a relationship with them and embracing them okay it's okay to have big feelings big feelings ain't just for kids okay we're kids in adult bodies right we we just our our bodies got grown baby sunny's still in there okay um, and so within relationship, I do want to talk a little bit about this before I go. Um, and I want to talk about how people, if you grieve while you're in a relationship, how it can show up in regarding sex. Right. Um, and so shout out to uh, Edna. Wait, Eddie Nathan dot medium dot com. These are five signs indicating that sex may be used to cope with grief. Um, so I just want to acknowledge this. Like sometimes, sometimes when people are grieving, it, it might be best if they, you know, to either take a break from their romantic partner or create some distance, um, or just identify these things, um, within their, it could be a marriage. It could be, a, uh, you know, like maybe it's, a, you know, separating isn't the answer. Like, um, I just think it's important to have a conversation, about grieving in a relationship and how it can impact your sex life right so um so it could like grief has definitely been known to um decrease people's libido sexual attraction sexual 
desire, all those things. Sometimes people don't feel sexy or feel aroused or attracted to their partner or attracted to their self when they're grieving. And sometimes people use sex as a coping mechanism to avoid their feelings. Okay, so um, five signs indicating that sex may be used to cope with grief. One is seeking out sexual pleasure as a distraction. Um, Using sex to disappear from pain of loss can be uh, it can be an emotional mental and physical red flag for yourself okay and so like if you're in a relationship with someone who's grieving or you're you're grieving and you're in a relationship just be mindful of those things because you're gonna have to pay the price the 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 more you avoid your feelings you're you're gonna have to pay at some point you know what i'm saying so just like i said like just letting my boundaries just not having boundaries or not trying to put up a a fight to advocate for myself i was it's every time i I gave into a situation i was like i'm gonna have to pay for this later i don't know when but i don't don't gotta pay right now it's kind of like a credit card you know like i'm swiping now but i'm gonna have to pay later i don't know when (laughs) the thing about life is you don't know when but with that credit card you got 30 days (laughs) okay um number two anonymous sexual partnering okay choosing sexual partners who are one night stands allows a sexual act to occur within any emotional attachment. Often people think that men are the only ones who pull this off. However, women and any, I would say definitely any gender of a person will often look for these types of hookups. Um, they simply remain silent about it. This also allows for the sexual act to be in the control of the seeker. They may not control the intensity of the grief. However, they can control the sexual situation they are in to cope with the grief. Okay, Um, I ain't going to say no names and I ain't going to point no fingers. Um, But we talk about hookup culture at the sex talk and I have my thoughts about it, my opinions about it. I am I am pro like I'm sex positivity for sure. And also I am pro emotional intelligence and you're gonna have to pay for this shit later it's a credit card type shit um so just be careful i i i this 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 stands out to me i could, a few people in my mind stand out and i don't know about you like maybe you're thinking of yourself or maybe you're thinking of some people that you know who might be doing this using sex and one night stands and hookup culture um as a means to cope with whatever right what do you think about that? But you, you, you know, it's going to hit you. <laughs> One thing about life, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> you're going to pay for that credit. Okay. That line of credit. Danger seeking. Okay. So that's number three. If the loss is sudden through the shock and numbness, there's often a des- desire to feel um, when sex is used to cope with grief and the onsl- uh, onslaught. O-N-S-L- a-U-G-H-T. An intensity of the mourning process, dangerous and painful sex can be sought out. It is a way to feel when numbness embodies the soul. Um, so that's called danger seeking. Like I said, I'm pro-sex, sex positivity and all that good stuff. However, I think I've briefly talked about it in different... I know that I've briefly talked about it in different conversations about how um, I think that it's, it's, I think it would be a dope idea for people who have extreme kinks to, you know, look a little deeper into what, what, where they feel like the root of their kink comes from. Um, you know, because everything is roots. Like we are rooted human beings. We're 
far from shallow. I actually saw a TikTok today that was talking about it was uh, a person that was um, pulling up their mint in a garden. And in order for them to pull up the mint that they had to get the other, um, you know, there was like weeds and other flowers and other uh, like vegetation around it. And they needed to remove that before they could get to the mint. And they were talking about how deeply rooted we are. And so we could be looking for relationships, but our relationships and the lack of success for of them are rooted in our mommy and daddy and parent issues and our um, friendship issues and our childhood trauma and our and so they were just pulling the roots up while they were talking about the different interconnectedness of our roots and how they and it all dated back far 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 you know and I believe in post-traumatic slave disorder uh disorder and all these different things and so I as a black person I don't believe that anything that I do is not because I'm a descendant of slaves like I I I acknowledge that as soon as I can and connect it as quick as I can and try to find that information. You know what I'm saying? Because we, I am my ancestors. I am my people. I am my history, right? So, um, yeah, I just think it's really important to be deeply rooted in ourselves and um, do as much soul searching as we possibly can and get to the root of our kinks and our sexual desires, the way we align with people, places, and things, um, our relationship with inanimate objects and status all the things everything everything in society is deeply rooted and we're the only thing new here i think it would be silly for us to think that we're the we're the newest thing under the sun right i ain't nothing new under the sun and it it, i think it'd be foolish to think that um that we we're, we're gonna get away with whatever because oh it's just me i'm just doing it this way no no you're not new you're new, right? You as the person, but people been here, the world been here, society been here, culture been here, we been here, right? <laughs> so just, you know, don't be afraid to go deeper. Don't be afraid to get get rooted, get grounded. And because I'm all about positive sexual experiences and I would rather, I personally would rather have positive, informed, healthy, and enlightened sexual experiences. <laughs> seriously and know where it's coming from um I think that's one of the biggest gifts that we can give ourselves me personally I I really appreciate you know like these last two years of doing the sex talk I've had some really positive sexual and intimate experiences because I'm more informed so just be careful that's what I'm saying like you just educate yourself okay what do you think about that okay so number four desiring intense connections which is, I, you know, like, that's kind of a no-brainer. Like, you know, if you lost, like, if your your heart feels like it lost something, you could feel empty, you know? Like, I felt empty without losing anything just because I'm a human being, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure it's intensified when we actually lose something, right? Or someone, when the, okay, so desire desiring intense connections, when the world is experienced as brittle, and the grief creates an empty hole in the soul. Sexual urges can be intense and insistent. Obsessive thinking about the loss often abates when sexually involved. Okay. 
real quick I'm about to I've never heard this word so you know take a second to look it up and I want to make sure I said it right Abate. <laughs> she said it on beat. Abate. Okay, so abate means become less intense or widespread, hostile, threatening, or negative. Okay. So, yeah. What do you think about that? Last but not least, craving to procreate. Often when a child dies, the parents want to have another child. If they are young enough and stable enough to do so, they believe all the, that new life will help them cope with grief. Um, I'm not going to touch on that too much because I haven't, I'm not a parent and I haven't experienced Um, a miscarriage or you know a stillborn or the loss of a child Um, however I do know some people who have and my heart and my condolences um, forever and ever ever. Um, and also I have heard you know siblings of people who have lost a child dealing with that grief with their family and just how intricate and deep deeply rooted and careful one must be in order to actively grieve and move forward after losing a child I can't imagine you know what I'm saying so um the need to procreate that makes a lot of sense um so shout out to all the sources shout out to this to the you know everybody who you know I gained my research from and shout out to everybody who's tuning in I just want to say thank you so much for uh tuning in to these conversations Please, I want to encourage people to continue to um, show up for yourself, be there for yourself, continue to, you know, reach out for help, talk to people, um, practice self-care, do what you need to do to be better each and every day. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to feel grief. And like I said, your ecosystem, build it so it is your best friend and that when you fall and you hit rock bottom, it's there to pick you up. And I know that there's more shitty people in the world than good people. However, there's very good people out there. And I promise if you go looking for them, you'll find them. I'm living proof. You know what I'm saying? I'll be quick to, you know what I'm saying? I'll be quick to find find me. So I'm going to find me some people. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to find me some community. But uh, yeah, take good care of yourself. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, Tune in next week. You know how we do. And keep in touch. If you want to support the sex talk, please feel free to do so. We have Cash App and Venmo, um, TST TV143 or E L L T E E S U N N I E on Cash App and Venmo. If you need to send um, via another channel, DM us, email us. You know how to find me, okay? Uh, take good care of yourself, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.